Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to flip it over to a little baseball talk. We bounce back and forth between hoops and football so far today. I mixed in a little baseball. We're going to mix it in even more for the next 10, 15 minutes with our buddy from CBSSports.com, MLB columnist, Matt Snyder, who joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Matt, how's the first couple of weeks of the season treating you? Um, pretty good. You know, it's uh, I know we got 60 games last year, but, you know, there's no fans in the regular season, the expanded playoffs, like, I definitely was way into it and everything, but this year it feels like, hey, we're back, you know? So I, I feel like it's – I know ballparks aren't full everywhere, but it feels more like a real season, for lack of a better term. I would tend to agree. Um, I I could do the homework on this, and I just – it dawned on me today. I keep an eye on transactional wires and MLBTradeRumors.com uh, to see what moves are being made and the like, uh, and I could go team by team and see the exact numbers, but I uh, just am giving you my feel, and if you don't have the exact numbers, I want your feel as well. Understood that with COVID incidents, be it either positive tests or uh, close contact, players are put on the COVID list, which keeps them out from varying amounts of time. Putting all those players aside... It seems to me that there are a whole bunch of players, in addition to the COVID players, that are finding themselves on the IL these days. Forever it was the IR. Uh, now it's the IL injured list. Um, am I overstating it? Is there? It seems to me there's been a rash of injuries these first two and a half weeks of the baseball season. To you, does it um, seem the same, or am I overstating? You might be. I don't know. I don't know the numbers. I haven't felt personally like it was like way more than usual. I felt like three or four years ago, it just exploded. And I think we've gotten used to it that, you know, these guys are so big and strong. There's going to be a lot of muscle issues. Um, I, I I could be wrong, uh, but I don't feel like it's been any more extreme than it had been the last several years. Okay. If you did, and I guess I'm going to have to do my homework after the show's over tonight and <laughs> yeah. look it up and how many teams have actual guys on the IL at this stage of the season. Um, I, I do think that is the case. And I think in part, tell me if you disagree with this theory or not, that it's because it's now the 10-day disabled list or uh, injured list used to be disabled. Um, yes. When, when they went to 10, it, it absolutely made it way easier I mean, especially think for a pitcher, you could finagle that so they only miss one start, and then you can right. get another reliever in the bullpen. So I do think, yes, when it got cut down from 15 to 10, I do think there are a lot more players officially placed on the IL now. Yes, for sure. 
and I understood the philosophy behind it. If you've got a guy who turns an ankle or something and they absolutely cannot play for four or five days but could be back thereafter, do you really put them on a 15-day disabled list where you're going to have 11 days where they're capable of playing but they can't because you put them on the disabled list? Now it's yes. only 10, so I got their shortening from 15 to 10 but I do think certain teams are taking advantage of it, and just a guy who may be able to get back in, as I mentioned, three or four days, well, it's one for ten. That's not a big deal. We'll just go ahead and put him on there rather than play a man short. I don't know which one works better. You got an opinion on that, 10 or 15? I like it. I, I, I like it 10 because I, I like being able to have a full, healthy roster. I mean, I understand there's always going to be day-to-day stuff, but a perfect example is like the Brewers with Christian Yelich right now. Back injury, not serious. He'd been out five days. They can see five more. They were like, okay, we'll just put him on the IL then, and then hopefully he can be back in five days. We'll we'll get him right. Whereas if it was 15, they still probably would have been playing uh, a man down. And I, I like the ability to to switch it up and to, to have a 26 healthy guys if you can. If you believe wagering sites know what they're doing, and I do, there's a reason that they're popping up all over the place. They are pretty good at uh, figuring these things out and putting numbers on teams and predictions and the like. Uh, The two teams that were favored to go to the World Series were the Los Angeles Dodgers from the National League and the New York Yankees from the American League. The Dodgers have the best record in baseball, even losing today to the Padres at 13-3. They're still three games clear of everyone else in Major League Baseball. The New York Yankees right now are 29th. Only the Colorado Rockies have a worse record than the New York Yankees. Let's start at the bottom and work our way up. What the hell's wrong with the Yankees? I, your guess is as good as mine. First of all, they can't beat the Rays. I mean, it's, it's absurd. The Rays are 3-7 and seven when they don't play the Yankees. Uh, they're 5-1 and one against the Yankees. Uh, that's absurd. Uh, the Yankees, they should be hitting a lot better. They have way too much offensive talent to be hitting like this. Now, they are down Luke Voigt, who led the majors in homers last year, but you've still got Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, uh, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> I, Hicks has been brutal. Stanton's been bad. He had a home run today, but he's still 176 average. Glaber Torres, bad. Gio Urshela has been mostly bad. They don't have a ton of depth. I mean, they're playing Rugnet Odor every day at this point. Uh, with Jay Bruce just retiring, and really, they even lost with Cole today, but I was going to say, you're starting to, to get the feeling in the rotation, like it's Cole and pray for rain. So they've got a lot of issues. I expect them to figure them out at some point, but they just seem broken right now. Is Aaron Boone the guy to get him out of this slump? I don't necessarily think he was a major cause of their slow start. I think he's a good manager. I don't think he's a great manager, but I think he's a good, solid manager. But he's never dealt with the Yankees being off to a lousy start, getting a 15-game stretch where they only win five games. Is Aaron Boone the guy to get them out of their funk? I think he's probably fine. Um, it's interesting, though. I, I saw somebody the other day bring up on Twitter, I believe, like if if good old George Steinbrenner were running the show right now, Boone's probably gone. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I think he's probably perfectly adequate as a manager. He's not bad or anything, and I definitely don't think he's the reason that they can't hit right now. Um, so he's probably safe, and he's probably all right, and they'll probably get hot here 
uh, last year they had a, a brutal stretch of losing, and then they won 10 games in a row right after that. So maybe this group is just really streaky. All right, I'm trying to remember back from your prediction before the season started. I'm going to trust you on this because I don't remember them, and I apologize. Um, one of the teams during this offseason as we led into the start of this year, I was surprised not enough people were giving credit to, props to, uh, high regard to, was the Oakland Ace. They had a great yeah. season last year, won a division going away, I get it that Marcus Simeon decided to take his act north of the border and that their uh, stud reliever uh, decided I'll go save games for the White Sox, and he's off to a pretty good start, Hendricks. Um, But I thought they had players to replace them. I like a lot of their good young arms throughout their entire organization, and they did go get Elvis Andrews to hold down shortstop. He's not going to hit like Simeon, but he's very good in the field. He does bring speed to the table. I couldn't understand why people wrote the A's off. And I said this right before the season started, and yeah. then they go out one and seven. I go, oh, my God, and I was calling everybody <laughs> on the carpet for underrating them coming into the year. Well, they've now ripped off eight straight wins. So they are uh, making me look like I know what I was talking about. What do you think about the A's before the season? Is this red-hot A's team that's won eight in a row the kind of team that can stay on that kind of a level? Uh, I had them missing the playoffs. I didn't think they were going to be terrible or anything. And, you know, like you said, it seems like they had some replacements there. Uh, the Trevor Rosenthal thing didn't work out. Now he has that thoracic outlet syndrome surgery. Um, I just I looked at the rotation, and I just thought they're just all question marks for me over the long haul. Um, and I just – the lineup again, I just – I wasn't overly excited by it. I, I believe I had him second in the AL West and missing the playoffs. But – I guess it looks like kind of right on schedule right now at this point, huh? Um, second is not disrespecting. It's underrating, yeah. but not disrespecting. Yeah. I thought some people disrespect them, so I'll give you a pass. When I win the division, you can just say, <laughs> hey, Jody, you were right. They actually won that division over the Astros. Astros, if it's not going to be the A's, it's going to be the Astros. But they've got major COVID issues. It seems like half of the team and a lot of their star players are out of the lineup. If you are the manager of a team like that, you just uh, try and get through it, get over it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got to have depth. I understand that. But um, how do you keep a team from getting overly nervous about not having their star teammates next to them? I, I mean, I think it's just you, you go back to the old cliche book and say, we just take it one day at a time. Uh, everybody go out and, and play hard. We'll see how many we can get here until we're back at full strength. And then when we're back at full strength, you have the you say, hey, now we're gonna go. Now we're gonna be as good as we were at the start of the year when we were bludgeoning the A's in the, the first four game series. You, you say, we know we're just gonna have to try to tread water here for a second, but once we get back at full strength, we're gonna go on a run. And it's instead of sixty games from last year, you've got a full one sixty two. So you have the luxury to go through some rough, rough stretches. I'm going to ask you a question here that I hope you've been asked before. Uh, you probably have, but I don't know that for a, a fact. So uh, if this is the first time, uh, roll with me as best you can. How do you, Matt Snyder, define an ace? I, I'm a lot – I'm not near as strict as a lot of people. There are a lot of people who have it in their minds that they'll argue it's elite-level ace there's an elite level echelon and it's usually only like five or six guys like a jacob Degrom type i i 
take it more literal. It's like I, I think of starters as a number one starter, number two starter, number three. So from that point of view, an ace is a top 30 starter because there's 30 teams. Now, some teams don't have any. Some teams have multiple. But I generally will, will call anybody an ace. It's, it, it, I, I'll say an opening day starter is an ace. I, last night, for example, in the Dodgers Padres story, I called both Clayton Kershaw and Hugh Darvish aces. Right. I think the Dodgers have about three aces, and San Diego's got two or three aces. Yeah. You're right. Some of them are clumped on teams. At a minimum, I think you have to take the top 20 starters in baseball and call them aces. You went to yeah. 30, and I'm okay with that. I, I Just to, to pacify some of the people who believe there's only five aces in all of baseball, if you drew the line at 20, is Aaron Nolan ace? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I just thought he just threw a shutout today. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, 2019. He was right in the thick of the Cy Young race until he had a rough September. Uh, maybe it was 2018. It was one of those years. But he's been around long enough. He's been in Cy Young contention enough that I absolutely yep. would call him an ace. As would I, and that's the reason why I asked the question. I had to send out a couple tweets and texts to make sure that everyone <laughs> acknowledges the fact that he's an ace because I get in arguments that he's not an ace, and I certainly believe that. A guy that no one would argue a status in is Jacob DeGrom, who actually got a win yesterday with the Mets rallying to help him out. Shocko shocks. The Mets actually helped Jake DeGrom to get a win yesterday. Is he the most abused ace in Major League Baseball? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, if you went back to the start of 2018 through yesterday, and if they had lost that game, his ERA was like less than two and they were about to be 36 and 43 in his starts. That's just outrageous. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it, it, I, well, I loved that they came back and won because it had kind of gotten like past the point of being a punchline and being funny to kind of being painful and feeling sorry for the guy. And I don't want to be feeling sorry for a guy who's Jacob DeGrom. So it was kind of like, okay, he, they won. There should be some sort of order restored in the universe, and maybe it was with that win. Maybe they'll get hot in his starts now because, yeah, I, I think it was last week in my power rankings on the comment on the Mets, I, I, I said, like, do you ever think Jacob Broughton goes in the clubhouse and, and just says, what did I ever do to you guys? Uh, it's he could sue the entire organization for <laughs> lack of support for the last several years. He is uh, still far and away the best pitcher in baseball. Or is he? Because this yeah. Bieber guy from Cleveland just continues to put great game after great game together. He struck out double digits again tonight. Do we just say DeGrom in the National League and Bieber in the American League and leave it at that? Yeah, I'd be good with that. I, I still, DeGrom's still at the top for me. Not really much of a question, but man, Bieber, these last two years has been amazing. And, and the run he's on right now is pretty incredible. I do think in the AL Central, he doesn't have to face nearly as many really good offenses as maybe some other guys. But uh, it, that's not the basis for how good he's doing. He's absolutely, he's a stud. We're talking to our bud, uh, Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com, MLB Insider. All right, I mentioned the Dodgers have the best record in baseball, 13-3. and three. Then you have a bunch of teams that are surprises. I know we're only 15, 16 games in, uh, but th- th- to have them in the conversation as one of the better teams in baseball as per the standings does say something. Out of the Kansas City Royals, second-best record. Yeah. Seattle Mariners, third-best record. Boston Red Sox, fourth-best record. 
Cincinnati Reds, sixth best record. San Francisco Giants, seventh best record. I didn't have any of these teams as playoff contenders, but they're all in the top seven and would be getting playoff uh, spots as of now. Just relax because it has only been two and a half weeks, or has there been a team out of that group that you jumped up and said, wow, they're better than I thought. I may need to reevaluate. I mean, I, generally speaking, yes, relax would be the key because you know that there would be stretches in the middle of a season where maybe a team that ends up finishing last would win nine out of 15 games. We know that. Uh, but, like, the Reds, for example, didn't know what they were going to have coming into the year. They looked great so far, and we know that division is probably going to be mediocre. So I, I would say the Reds are absolutely legit, the legitimate contender um, I don't think you mentioned them, but I think the Angels ha- have staying power. Uh, we know about Trout, Rendon when he gets back off the IL. Jared Walsh is an up-and-comer. David Fletcher is a very underrated table setter. And it looks like they've kind of gotten their pitching under control and figured out. So I feel like the Angels could a- have staying power. But, like, Royals, Mariners, nah. We'll see how long they can stick around. The Orioles were three and zero to start the season, and now yeah. they've fallen off. So uh, yes, time does separate these things for us. Uh, I probably asked you about this when we had you on during uh, spring training leading up to the season. I truly believed that they were going to get a deal done with the players to have expanded playoffs again this year. I thought that the DH thing was not going to get settled, although everyone, most others thought, oh, of course there's going to be. Now that they've opened the floodgate, there's no way they can shut off the valve. Yeah, they did, and I thought they were going to. But I did think they'd be able to come up with a compromise with the players to get expanded playoffs in. I guess it was kind of tied to the DH, and uh, Major League Baseball wanted that to be a bigger chip than the players looked at it as. But I did think they'd get expanded playoffs. I guess they still can, but last year they did it just before the season started, the the, the late season start. Uh, we're now, as I mentioned, 15, 16 games in, a, a tenth of the season uh, already uh, in the books. Uh, we're going back to the just two wild card teams this year. Is that a good thing or a bad thing for baseball? It's probably okay. I, I was, I like you, I thought they were going to do it. And it is funny how when you do something just once, it seems hard to go back. Cause when I'm going to fill out my predictions and I only have two wild card spots, I'm like, man, I could have used about three more of these spots. <laughs> we only did it one year and it was only for a 60 game season, but it seems so hard to contract. Once you've opened the floodgates, it seems hard to close them. Uh, they did. It's probably better. I mean, it's last year it did not happen, but I, I suppose to see a, a 78-win team or something end up making a run and getting to the World Series, that would really cheapen the regular season. So it's probably for the best. I, again, it didn't happen last year. Uh, nobody even really got close to being a Cinderella run. I mean, I know the Marlins advanced one round, but then the Braves swept them in the in, LD, in the second round. So, uh, yeah, I, I could. I, I I guess I didn't answer it this way at first, but the more I talk about it, I want to say yes, it is good for the game okay, because, that's... like I said, I don't seventy five to seventy eight win team making a deep playoff run. That just seems wrong. That's the way things usually work on this show. The more we talk about it, yeah. you end up changing your mind. I do it all the time, so uh, no skin off your nose for doing it here with us. We've got Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com here with us. Um, one thing that has changed, and I want to get your take on this, good, bad, or indifferent, the Major League Baseball trade deadline has moved. 
It was as late as August 31st. Shoot, I've been around long enough to remember when it was June 15th. So it has been a little bit of a moving target, but it had been August 31st for a uh, pretty good period of time of late. Um, Now it's going to be moved to July 30th. So maybe they did it because there are fewer teams going to the playoffs and there will be teams that will know they're out or realistically think they're in. Does moving up to July 30th, uh, make it more exciting, less exciting, more moves, less moves? How do you think it plays on the baseball calendar? I don't think it's really going to – it had been July 31st, and it, that fell on a Saturday this year, and so they moved it up to July 30th just so it wouldn't be on a Saturday. So I don't think it really moves the needle that much. It's more about the, the shortened playoff field, it, the adjustment back from last year where so many teams were contending. Now there won't be nearly as many contending. Um, my hunches, it's going to be pretty furious. And if you look ahead to the free agent class, specifically shortstops, it, it gets interesting because you could see Trevor Story for sure, I think, is going to be on the move. If the Cubs end up selling Javier Baez is in there, but they also Rizzo and Bryant are also free agents after the year. Uh, but on the shortstops, like Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, all those guys are free agents. Um, I just, if, if teams fall out, like you could, like I said, with the Cubs and Rockies falling out, you could see Story and Baez on the move, and the Cubs are a big one. They could, they could totally offload. Um, I think that there's going to be a decent. Uh, it, it's going to be a pretty good July, I think, trade wise. If there is, and I don't know that there will be. If there's not, please tell me so. If there is a shortstop who follows in Lindor's footsteps and gets a deal done with his current team between now and uh, the trade deadline and/or the end of the season. Who do you think's most likely? Happy where he's at and his team will be willing to pony up and get into the neighborhood that Lindor took the bar? Uh, or yeah. do you think all those guys are heading into the market and we're going to see a glut like we've never seen before of superstars? Yeah, I, free I think Korea and the Astros are at an impasse and he's definitely going to free agency. Story and the Rockies aren't going to come to a deal. They'll trade him. I don't think Baez and the Cubs get it done. Uh I don't think this will happen during the season, but the most likely to stay put for me is Corey Seager. I think the Dodgers will let him test free agency, but he'll still go after him, and it'll end up being something like Justin Turner where he just re-ups with the Dodgers, which has happened twice with Turner. I think that's the route with Seager. Uh, but it's always possible somebody else wants him a lot more, and the Dodgers are so deep as an organization and have such deep pockets. They could just be like, eh, you know what? You, you go ahead. We'll figure it out some other way. All right, Matty, last thing for you, and I know there's uh, no evidence slash information yet. Major League Baseball decided this year they were going to try out some significant rule changes on the minor league level. Now, we haven't started minor league baseball yet, but I don't know if I've talked to you since. Uh, Major scrutiny, do you think this is something that's just a test drive and it's eminent that it's going to come to the big leagues? Uh, how do you think when we get the minor league season started, which should be soon, um, will the new rules impact them and then play on to Major League Baseball? The, the funny thing is a lot of the times uh, you just don't notice stuff as much. Like I, I, After they put in the pitch clock, I went to a AAA game here in Indianapolis. I, I probably looked at it once or twice in the first inning, never looked again. And the, the pace of play was way faster. Um, something like the the bigger bases, I don't know. I don't know if we'll notice it much. I mean, maybe if stolen bases increase, which I think would be exciting, we we might notice that. But I just a lot of the stuff I feel like we're just not going to notice that much. 
That might be a good thing. Hey, great stuff, yeah. Matt. Appreciate you coming on board. Thanks for a couple of minutes inside tonight. You know, we'll be calling again soon. All right. Sounds good. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.